Welcome to the BPM cast for the week of June 13th, 2012. My name is Will Ryan. Uh, I'm here with uh, Colin Joyce. Hello. And Rabbi Kimian. What's up, Will and Colin? What's up, man? We're back. It's been a long, been a long time. time. It's been a long road. To, Does to anyone nowhere. know how long it's actually been? Uh, has it been since April? Or I think it was April the last time we did one of these one of these podcast things. Sounds about right. And then I, and then Colin got uh, what's it called? He got a new job, a new title. Um, yeah. Promoted, one might say, and then. <laughs> A lot of people left, and like Eric's not here. Where's Eric, man? And Phil. It's a sad day, I guess. But it's also triumphant that we've re- returned. We are back. Back in action. So, man, so many, so many things we didn't get to talk about in the interim. But um, we'll try to make up for lost time, at least for this week. Uh, so let's get into it. Let's get right back into it. Uh, a lot of a lot of new album announcements this week. Um, Rob, what are your favorite album announcements this week? Top ten. Uh, top ten. <laughs> well, the big one for me is definitely Bat for Lashes. I've been waiting ages for her to announce her third album. I thought the first album was amazing. Second album was possibly even better, and I think the third one. I don't know. She could, she's she could do anything. So talented and incredible live, and if even if the album's bad, at least we can go see her live again. Yeah. Two awesome. wait, Two Hunters was her last album, right? Is that the name of it? Two 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 Sons. Oh, Two Sons. What am I, that, yeah. Two Hunters is a different album. Yeah, I think there's something about a hunter on one of her songs. Um, yeah, I love that album. That album was definitely one of my favorite from '09. That took me it took me by surprise how good it was. Yeah, it really is amazing. And she, I I thought she'd be back again within like two years, but no, it's just wait, made us wait three over three maybe. I feel like she's a little bit more influential than people give her credit for, as far as the effect of that album. I mean, she's definitely not like a a titan, an indie titan, or anything like that. But I just. I remember listening to Florence and the Machine being like, "Yeah, this big time. this sounds like a like a rip off wholesale of of uh, Bat for Lashes." Yeah, I agree, hundred percent. Colin, what do you what do you think about Bat Bat for Lashes? I've never listened to Bat for Lashes a ton. I I've just never really been like huge on her. I I should get, I guess go back and check out the other two albums and yeah, listen to Two Sons. Up. Oh my God, the first song, Blast, so, so good. Um, is there any background behind this new album? I mean, she seems a little bit, she kind of puts a concept into at least the last album. Yeah, uh, I don't know, what's what's it even called, I haven't even said. Oh, yeah. The Haunted Man. The Haunted Man. That sounds like a Bad for Lashes album title. Yeah. For sure. So, I'm gonna, it's probably about a man that's haunted. (laughs) Probably. Going Going out on a limb there. Oh, Charles Dickens novel. Sure. I don't really like Dickens, but sure. Hey guys, let's talk about Dickens for a, for a little bit right now. I've never read favorite Dickens. favorite album of Dickens. Who's, what's your favorite album? Colin. <laughs> I'm surprised there hasn't been a I don't band know, called man. Dickens. What? I'm surprised there hasn't been a band called Dickens. Yeah, that would be would be 
Anyway, Dar- other album announcements. Dar- Darl's Chicken. That sounds. That's, that's <laughs> my chill wave band. <laughs> okay. Uh, the yeah. other album announcement that excites me was Wild Nothing. That new song that they released with it, with the announcement, is amazing. Did any of you listen to it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really good. Tell me about it. Colin, you go. Oh, do I have to? Yes. Um, I don't know. It sounds like it sounds like a Wild Nothing song. The same kind of uh, '80s kind of deal. Did you so like um, dreamy? It's so you, dreamy. Oh yeah, yeah fans absolutely. Of the last album. Gemini? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I um, like it. I like the title of the new album, Nocturne. <laughs> sure, that yeah, that sounds like a fitting name for their kind of sound. Yeah, that when was that a 2010 or 2009 album? 2010, I'm pretty sure. All right, so they're back. Yeah. Um, so I don't. I, I don't know. I I read um something. He's on captured tracks, and I read something interesting about their whole like uh deals with their bands that they sign. I'm pretty sure that um they have like a standard deal with all of their bands where they release uh an album and then any singles or EPs um between the first and second album, and then after the second album, their contract with the label runs out. So that's why you get a lot of a lot of the captured tracks bands have like big gaps between their uh, first and second album. Like Beach Fossils too, they still haven't put out their second album because they're still writing out this contract. I think. So they're just not allowed back, or no? I mean, I'm I'm sure that they can get re-signed, but that's right. like how long their standard contract lasts. Is as soon as like um, that second album drops, the the contract's technically over. I'm pretty sure. So which bands have had two albums on Captured Tracks already? I'm not sure, honestly. Who's on? Who's who's a, a big heavyweight in Captured Tracks? I or, mean, I'd say like Beach Fossils. Okay. But um. Is Dive on there? Dive, yeah, Dive. That's uh, Dumb, one of the dudes from. Dumb yeah, Dumb Girls. Um, they've released things. Dumb Dumb Girls has released things on there, but they've just been um like seven inches. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if there are any bands on on capture tracks right now that have released two albums. Oh, I really like, uh, what's that? Soft Moon is a good band. Soft Moon. Their second album is coming out, I'm pretty sure, right? Is it? Sure. sure. We're confirming it. It is. <laughs> Without really any knowledge. Um, what else? Oh. What else was announced? Uh, Dinosaur Jr. Coming back for their third reunion album. And tenth flavor roll album. Yep. It's almost like they're they're just a band now. Yeah. It's I don't know. I I think that they've been still like doing some of the best material of their career after the whole Well, I mean I say reunion, it was just the reunion of their original lineup. They've kind of existed the whole time, but it's always been just Jay Mascus as the only constant. Yeah. Um, I don't think I've... I didn't get into... What are the last albums? Farm? Farm and Beyond. Oh, I haven't listened to Beyond, but Farm is really good. Be- Beyond is really awesome as well. I do, uh, lo- I do love Living All Over You, obviously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, high hopes for this new one, then, because the last two were good, apparently. Have they kind of stuck with the same sound? Yeah, I'd say through? so. I mean, I, like... Throughout the 90s, they had some of, like, the more, like, 
I don't want to say poppy because Dinosaur Jr. never really gets poppy, but just of a, a more like radio friendly version of, of what Dinosaur Jr. always was. But then the new stuff I would say is more like just less lo-fi versions of, of their stuff from like the late 80s and early 90s. That sounds pretty good to me. But uh, the cover is pretty awesome as well. The same like weird, hazy kind of artwork that was on farm oh kind yeah i'm looking at it it looks pretty cool they must have like a artist that does all these didn't jay maskis salam have a similar cover as well uh yeah that same like weird cartoony stuff yeah um tim hecker and onio tricks point never are doing an album together yep and it, it got kind of reported everywhere because uh Tim Hecker is holding a saxophone in like the promo picture for the album, so it got reported everywhere that it was a free jazz album. <laughs> but th then they all, the, bo both of them, kind of on uh, on Twitter were saying that the the saxophone was just a joke and it's like in no way jazz affiliated. That's pretty strange that people just assume that. Oh, of course, free jazz, Tim Hecker. Yeah, even even like um like pitch outlets as big as Pitchfork were saying it was a free jazz project. <laughs> There must have been something in like the press release that was like, yeah, you know, Coltrane. Um, that's exciting though. Those those two guys can make some some good music. So working together, I wonder. I mean, they're both they, they both kind of do uh, beats too. So who knows if it'll be drone or mm -hmm. something more can can with beats or whatever. I read that the collaboration started as part of that um, uh, that unsound organization. How they they um, commissioned collaborations. Uh, oh yeah. It, for their festival that's in Poland, they commissioned them to do a piece, and I guess it turned into this album. Is that when Johnny Greenwood and Penderecki met as well? I don't place? know. Yeah, that that's something that happened between. Uh, the last podcast in this one. You went to Unsound in New York. Oh yeah, that was man. That was a long time ago. That that is something that happened. But yeah, yeah. that was an awesome festival. So much crazy stuff. Uh, like the Les Morden Biosphere collaboration that was commissioned by like the the Polish National Institute of the United States or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> is that was that just like free drone kind of? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that sounds and, amazing. Um. They were performing on. They were. It was in this Presbyterian church that was like on the upper end of Central oh, God. Park. Yeah, and they uh they were sitting on the altar with their laptops, and they had this huge video screen erected that was like, they, there was some like sort of like dystopian short film playing behind them the whole time. It was really really cool. That's awesome. Wait, who? I, I know Biosphere. Who's the other guy? Uh, less more. It's same kind of like dark ambient stuff. I think I've heard of him. Is he from? Are they? Where is Biosphere's from? Are they from? I remember from Poland, it, are they? it was a, it was a big deal because one of them was from the U.S. and one of them was from Poland. Okay, I think Biosphere is probably from the U.S. Um. Did you see Sepulchre? Oh no no he, Biosphere's from from Norway. Oh, okay. Um, and Lusmord is from 
England. I was completely wrong. So yeah, that shows what I know about the background of musicians. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah Sepulchre, no. That was the frustrating thing about that festival is I'm 19 and several of the major shows were 21 plus. So I was turned away back into the rain at the Sepulchre show. <laughs> oh, man. Ouch. Yeah, it was rough. <sighs> oh well. Yeah, that Sepulchre show was was amazing. They do they do a good they put on a good show. A damn good show. Um, what else is that? It for album announcements. Fresh and Only's got a new one. Yeah. Really? That's just pretty quick off the heels of Wyman Miles album. But yeah. Is that uh that was a solo album, right? Yep. Yeah. New bass drum of death. If anyone cares about that, we reviewed, uh, we reviewed yeah. a track of theirs, didn't we? Mm-hmm. The it's like track. a, yeah, it's like a two or seven inch or something. I don't think that that track's on the new album, but they do have a new album forthcoming, I guess. We should mention new Grizzly Bear. Oh uh, yeah, that's a thing that's happening. I'm excited. I love the song that they released. Are people down on Grizzly Bear? No, I don't think so. I don't, I've I've just never loved Grizzly Bear. They've just been one of those bands that like every time they release albums, it's like, oh, this is like a good thing. But I've just never been stoked on any of it. Harsh, man, harsh. I don't even Thank think you. that's harsh. I'm I'm saying I liked it. <laughs> I, I liked it. I didn't love it. If you, what did the poor Grizzly Bear ever do to you? If it wasn't your album of the year, man, you don't. You obviously hate them. <laughs> Uh, that album, what's that, v- Vesitimist or whatever it's called? Vesitimist, yeah. 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 That album was like 2009 for me. Like, whether I loved it or not, it just was everywhere that year. Yeah, it's crazy. Like, whenever I turn it on, like, all these memories come rushing back. Again, you know, against my better judgment or whatever. Same it's with, uh, Meriwether, Post Pavilion. Yeah, it's funny that we're getting the same, like, big releases from 2009, uh, like an- new Animal Collective, new XX album, new Dirty Projectors, and new Grizzly Bear, all oh, at the yeah. end of this year. There's another album, new XX, that was yeah, released announced last week, but that is exciting. I think. Yeah, definitely. That's gonna be interesting. One of the best. I was gonna uh, say just one of the best debuts that I can remember recently. Yeah. Yeah, and the the reports of uh, the live shows playing the new stuff sounds really exciting. It sounds like housey, like much more dancey. Yeah, that's what, with, that, with Jamie XX producing, I can imagine that being pretty amazing. Yeah, did you guys get into that Jamie XX uh, Kill Scott Heron album? Yeah, sick, so that's good. Really good. I almost like it better than the uh, the original. The original. I definitely, I like it more than the, than the Kill Scott Heron album. I'm kind of bored me. Um, but yeah, it'll be interesting to see the run up to the XX because I'm sure that will be like hyped. Very heavily, so <clears throat> let's see. If it's they- a big deal. They just kind of came out of the gate so fully formed. You you wonder what they can do other than yeah. I mean, you, they have to make some sort of departure because it almost feels like they did everything that they can do with that sound on the first album. And they were they were so young when they that they were like what seventeen eighteen. Yeah, something ridiculous. Like that's that. ridiculous to me. Like I was reading the uh, Pitchfork update. They do, um, and they were just talking about, yeah, we wrote this song when we were 16, so 
we have a different kind of perspective on the same things now, and it's just like, 16, like, they came out with that album as teenagers, it's, it's, you know, one of the best albums of the last, you know, five years or whatever. It's amazing. I love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Oh, and that reminds me, uh, new Jens Lechman album. Yeah, yeah. that'll be cool. I haven't listened, I haven't heard the song, is the song good? Yeah, two, both of them are, they're so good. They put out two songs? I think so, unless Erica America is, uh, not on that album, it's just a... So I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure that's an album track. Okay, yeah. Then there's two, and they're both awesome. All right, I gotta listen to this. Have you heard them, Colin? Uh, I've heard Erica America. It's it's really good. I haven't heard whatever other one you're talking about. It's sort of similar to uh, an argument with myself, right? Like, it, yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Yeah, mm-hmm. it sounds like it's gonna be a continuation of that. And I I like the, I like that EP yeah. a lot. Definitely not a bad thing. But, yeah. but uh, when, when he announced the EP, he said this this EP is a taste of what's not to come from the album. Yeah. Oh. I think he lied. I mean, <laughs> it's definitely different. Like, you can tell he kind of goes into an album with a certain mindset or idea of what he wants to do musically. And it's definitely yeah. different, but it's it, in the sense that it doesn't sound like Night Falls Over uh, Cordelia. Oh, yeah. Where that was all sample, it was almost like an Avalanche's album where all the samples were like very, you know, from yeah. taken from everywhere and spliced together. Whereas this album's more kind of live instrumentation. It sounds like interesting. Yeah, well, I'm excited for uh, that. I love, I love Yen so much. He's my like he's, favorite yeah. lyrics in all of indie. He's so. great. Uh, another big album announcement we haven't mentioned: Block Party. That's a big one for me, anyway. Their first album was... I don't know. was in my top ten of the decade. That, then that, be- that was Colin and I rolling our eyes at you. When, when did that first album come out? Like, what year? 2005. 2005? I think that was... Let's see. I That was seven... I was... Like, 11 or 12. It was in my pre-caring about <laughs> indie music days. So that's probably why I... I don't get why it's a big deal maybe well do you listen to is this it from and yeah i mean but that's one interpol. of those i mean no i i mean i'm interpol is in the, the, the kind of the same thing but is this it was 2001 right yeah, yeah I, that's what that's just one of those ones where i feel like that album was impossible to ignore whereas I, somehow i ignored the block party album Maybe it's like a British American divide because that's definitely possible. Are you talking about turn on the bright lights? No, no, no. Silent Alarm by Block Party. I was, I just compared them to Interpol because they've taken a similar trajectory. You know? oh, amazing, yeah. amazing first album. Second album also really good, but not as good as the first. And then shit, third album. And hopefully they won't follow Interpol and get a really, really terrible fourth album. The trailer sounded kind of sounded like a return to basics. Sounded promising. So also sound a bit like music parts. Wasn't that what Interpol was trying to do too? Like back yeah, to basics? Yeah. <laughs> but all they did was just heap on a whole bunch of crap. That era of music I have a really weird relationship with because I, I love Turn on the Bright Lights but I don't really give a shit about Interpol as a band. I don't know. Yeah. It's a weird thing. Like I didn't... It's, wasn't a, it wasn't immediately... Like in 2002 I was 14 and I didn't really pay attention to music. So, like like Colin said, and when that came out, 
I had no I had no kind of idea it, it existed. Now, whatever I don't know when I discovered that album like five years after the fact, like it's fucking amazing. But like going ahead with, I mean, Antics is good, right? And but like from there, yeah, it's like, just like a lot. yeah. So the arts, it's a weird, more invested in like older music than that. I don't know. It's an interesting divide, I guess. Um, anything else as far as album announcements? I think we covered everything. Everything important. Probably missed some hip hop. I don't know. Yeah, Chase. Yeah, we yeah we need Chase for that. Yeah, Ch- there's a uh, hole in the recording where Chase should be. Oh, did you guys hear the t- new ten minute Frank Ocean song? No, is that good? I didn't get a chance to listen to it yet, but everybody. It is actually pretty weird. It's very. It's pretty good. It's really strange, but. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It's pretty exciting. I think. So check that out. Isn't there like a kind of a? It's not like a rivalry, but fans kind of think about think of Frank Ocean the weekend as sort of like. Yeah, I, I rivals almost. That. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think I almost like passively have just like slid into the weekend category, and I just like don't care much about Frank Ocean. I did like uh, Nostalgia Ultra, though. I mean, well, the, for the new first album. few listens. Yeah, the new album's called Channel Orange, and it comes out in July, I think. comes out soon. And yeah. another album announcement, Holy Other, bring out an album. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. That's I'm exciting. Ex- I'm excited about that. It's always kind of like crazy when Triangle decides to release a full length. Yeah, like, well, if it's as good as the Balama Cobb album from last year. Yeah. <laughs> It's all good. Yeah, I'm excited about that. Jesus, I love that that EP. Um, let's talk about what we've been listening to. Uh, Colin, what have you been listening to? I have been listening to the latest full length from Eric Copeland of Black Dice. Uh, I've always kind of, well, I, I've always kind of hated Black Dice because it just seemed like they were difficult for the sake of being difficult rather than being interesting. But I saw them, uh, play live earlier this year and it really converted me to being one of their, <laughs> I don't know, among, I got it, I guess is all I'm trying to say. And then the, the Eric Copeland album is like, if you took a Black Dice album and made it really, really fun. Like all the samples are really, I would say that they're a lot more playful and just, I don't know. It's almost, it, it's like they're, he's not being, he, it's still not an easy listen by any means, but it's just a lot more fun. The only I don't know. Black Dice album I really, actually it's one of my favorite albums like ever is uh, Beaches and Canyons. Oh yeah. And that's a, like a lot more like ambient. Yeah. Almost. I mean, it's because of the, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hisham. Baruka, I think his name is. He plays drums on that album, and it's mm-hmm. the drumming is so awesome. But then after he left, they kind of switched over to drum machines, and and it became a little bit more electronic and not as interesting, in my opinion. But I I, I haven't even listened to that the Black Dice album that came out this year. Was that any? Good? It's it's really good. It's that that album too is is kind of like it, it, I mean, Black Dice is always kind of like noisy and tries to just. They, they they run like the same loops over and over again, the same loud noisy things, and it's just almost like pummeling you. Um, 
but this this most recent one was almost like a more song focused uh black dice album so like each each track is more memorable instead of just getting to the end and feeling like you just were physically put through some sort of thing <laughs> right and the Eric Copeland album is, is similar to Mr. Impossible? Uh, in some ways, the, the tracks are longer, but um, they're kind of all over the place. As I said, it's it's just, it sounds like he's he's almost goofing around to some degree, but I, I really enjoy that about it. He, he'll like, the, some, the samples are just like, uh, he, he'll sample some like 50s and 60s songs and, and then like, lock noise loops over the top of that it's i don't know it's it's very strange for sure but it's it's a lot of fun does it have beats like, yeah yeah definitely lots of lots of beats but it's like the black dice kind of beats where it's okay. just like you know just heavy distorted kicks all over everything yeah and that kind of just locks in and they improvise over it almost yeah 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 i well, how does it how does it compare to Mr. Impossible? Do you like it better? Um, they're just uh, as as similar as they are in their like um, execution. I think that there's just uh, he w he was trying to do something very different, and I, I think I guess for that reason it makes it hard to compare. Like like Mr. Impossible is very very distinctly like a Black Dice album in that there it, it almost has that like intentionally confrontational nature about it. Whereas this album, it's like he, you you get that he's like trying to have more fun with it. So I don't know. I would say that I would probably find myself listening to this one more, but I don't know whether it's a, a, a better album or not, because it, it's definitely rougher around the edges in, in some ways too. It's interesting. It's out on uh, Underwater Peoples, which is that um, that label that like real estate started out on and. Um, Ducktales yeah, and all Julian Lynch. Julian Lynch. Julian Lynch is on there too. Rob, are you a Black that? Dice fan? No, not at all. Black Dice came out on Ribbon Music, didn't it? Yeah, it did. No, I've never really, I've never really given them a chance, but they haven't. Doesn't sound like the kind of thing that would appeal to me. I listened to Mr. Impossible once or twice, and I don't even remember it. To be honest, I don't know. I always, I, I, I've never thought I'd be swayed into liking Black Dice, but. But seeing them just, I don't know, that there's something about like a bunch of like sweaty bodies pushing around to that kind of music that was able to convert me, I guess. If I ever see them, if I ever get the chance at a festival or whatever, I'll remember your recommendation. Is he gonna tour solo? Uh, I think he periodically does solo uh, solo stuff. I know. Um, I remember last year even he uh because this is like his i think it's like his third um uh solo full length and then he's released a bunch of solo seven inches he he does uh, um a lot of new york shows solo like when like av Terra was doing his solo tour he'd open the new york date all oh, right yeah yeah they they used to be on paw tracks yeah yeah Yep, and uh, I'm pretty sure at least one of his earlier solo albums came out on Potrax too. What else have you been listening to? Uh, me still? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Miles. Yeah, the the Wyman Miles album, which is um, uh, the dude from the Fresh and Onlys, and I've I've ne I was never like a huge Fresh and Onlys fan um, until I 
heard this Wyman Miles album. It's a, it's just like it's really like, um, I would say like '80s guitar pop influence stuff. Like it really really reminds me of of felt. I don't know if you've ever listened to them, Will. Um, no. Felt's, Felt's become one of my favorite bands over the last year. It's just this like really light um, like guitar pop, I guess, that uh, with like really sarcastic lyrics over the top of it. And the Wyman Miles album reminds me a lot of that. I don't know. Very bright and I guess summery in a lot of ways. It's pretty different than the Fresh and Only's then. Must be, right? Yeah. I mean, I, I don't listen to Fresh and Only's a ton, so I'm probably oh. not the the best comparison for that, but from what I have listened to of Fresh and Only's, I would say yes. Yeah, I mean, they're like 60s garage rock. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Is that it? Uh, I just want to say I like the Wyman Miles album as well. It's awesome. I like, uh, I got to see him supporting um, Latest Plaza, and it was, I only caught the last few songs, but it was awesome. And uh, that EP that he released earlier this year, Earth Has Doors, is also really good. I'll have to check that out for sure. And Fresh and Onlys, are, we mentioned that, right? They're yeah. They're coming out with an album pretty soon. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and I've been listening to a lot of Felt because of uh, Colin's recommendation, and they're really good. Yeah, they're awesome. What, they, they, their thing was they did um, uh, 10 albums and 10 singles in 10 years, and then they called it quits. That was like the lead guy's plan the whole time. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Yeah. And he's gone on to do other things since then, like uh, a band. He's in a band called Denim for a while, and then his like current project is called Go Kart Mozart. But uh, yeah, Feld is far and away the best of those, I'd say. Uh, it'd be cool if it, all his bands were like clothing material or something. <laughs> yeah, Felt and Denim. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, what's a good album of theirs to check out? Uh, I really like The Splendor of Fear. That's a really good one. Um, and then, uh, hold on. There's one with a really long title that I can never get exactly right. Uh, the Strange Idols Pattern and Other Short Stories. That's, a, that's probably my favorite, but I always mess up the order of the words, so I had to look it up. They have pretty weird album covers. Yeah, they're definitely strange. For a sunny pop band. There's a there's one more thing I've been listening to that I actually um, just been listening to in the last couple of days. It's a uh, I don't know if you you guys heard of this. Uh, he was I, I I sometimes I just have like no grasp on how popular a band is. But there's this guy um, a couple years ago who put out a couple albums called Sacred Harp. I never heard of him. Uh, no. Well, he 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 did this um, uh, like John Fay. Do you do you guys listen to him? Like no. it's like. Uh, uh, it's like just instrumental acoustic guitar stuff that's like really really awesome just these like kind of pastoral folky but but all acoustic guitar stuff and uh, he released a new album but it's under like his actual name he's called Daniel Bachman and the album's called Obi Joyful and it, it's really really awesome it's the same kind of like there's like really really long acoustic guitar instrumentals I don't, I don't know very very pretty stuff it's 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 a very peaceful listen, I'd say. <laughs> There's like no percussion; it's just acoustic. Yeah, um, some of the albums or some of those tracks start with a little bit of like, I can't tell if it's like synth or just like delayed acoustic guitar that he's stretched out or something like that. But it's yeah, it's all instrumental acoustic guitar stuff. 
That's cool. Wait, what, what's yeah. the artist again? Daniel Bachman. That came out this year. Uh, yeah, just I think that just came out in the last couple days as as well. Cool. How do you spell Bachman? A B A C H M A N. Actually, I it was one of those things where I I had no idea it was coming out, and then I just happened across it, and I was like, oh, I remember that guy from a couple of years ago. Awesome. But yeah, it's definitely really good. Rob, what have you been listening to? Uh, should I start with the good or the bad? Start with the bad. I've been listening to the new album by Pop Etc. Previously known as oh. The Morning Benders, who are following up their 2010 amazing album, Big Echo, with a self titled album, This Pop Etc. If you don't know already, they lost a member, so they're down to three members. The two brothers are still in there with one other guy, and they've completely changed their sound. Uh, they're making this kind of electro-pop kind of stuff now, and it's really cheesy, and sounds totally throwaway, and sounds like... It just doesn't sound like they've put as much effort into it as they did their old stuff. It hasn't got as much quality like like i can already i already know i won't be listening to this in a couple of years i probably for, will have forgotten about it whereas big echo i still listen to that all the time it's like a quintessential summer album of millions so this is pretty much the biggest disappointment of the year so far uh have either of you guys listened to it i i got part of the way through it i i i was a um, I, again, like what we were saying about Grizzly Bear, I like the Morning Benders album a lot. So, like, to have this, I just wasn't interested enough to even make it all the way through. It's kind of embarrassing to admit that, but I just couldn't do it. Do you think it would have been better or worse if they kept their name and just switched their sound? Or do you think it's better that they changed uh, That's a good question. Um, I don't know. I guess. It makes sense that they changed their name with the with the sound change, but yeah, they kind of had to. <laughs> yeah, I know. I think everyone would be. I don't think people would be having a worse reaction if they had changed their names. Pretty much the same kind of. But discontent. imagine someone that's not as like interested in uh, keeping up with like the background of everything they listen to and like. They listen that they really like that Morning Benders album, but they have no idea. They've never heard of Pop, etc. Like I think, I think they were smart to do that just for the sake of um, not disappointing people outright. But I also think that like the the way they transitioned was really weird. You know, like they said, they almost said they changed their name because it was too offensive or something. Right. And, like, yeah, that's what they said. Yeah, the Morning Benders because in in the UK, Bender is like. A- Playing term for a homosexual person. Even though in that context, it's not like it's yeah. pretty obvious what it means. And but I don't know. Yeah, I think it was smart of them in the long run to rename themselves because that I've only heard the uh, lead single, which is it almost reminded me of that shitty ass pop band. I think it's called Owl City. Was it? Oh man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Listen, first time I got this album, I put it on at my friend's house, and my friend was like, what are we listening to, B.O.B.? Yeah. It's, like, it's <laughs> that kind of sound. Yeah, it's, it's uh, really kind of really uninspired. I mean, the thing is, like, 
Did you guys see, uh, shout out to, uh, We Listen For You. Did you see that weird kind of dialogue you got into with them? About yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a long time ago. And but, yeah. it was interesting to hear their reasons behind it. Like, they seemed very, like, there was no, it seemed like there was no cynicism involved whatsoever. They seemed like they were really sincere about moving toward this kind of pop direction. And, yeah. uh, and... That that was a really weird perspective to have because they they had all these reasons why they went the direction that they did, but at the same time, it it, it I mean, in 2012, like you're you're grabbing from the 80s and, and the 90s is pretty like it doesn't get much more generic than that. And like, even though there are bands like Twin Shadow who can m kind of stay unique within within that kind of grabbing from that sort of era, but like this band just. I don't know, it's like, uh, it's so... At least the song I heard had, like, auto-tune in, like, the worst way possible, and just... Yeah, they have auto-tune, and they have those... You know when you go to a bad club and the DJ kind of fades down just so you can just so you can hear the beat? <laughs> yeah. Awful things like that. But, I mean, a lot of this discontentment is born out of frustration for wanting another album like Big Echo. I think there's actually... Some of the songs on here have the potential to be like minor hits be used in tv shows and stuff and they might get a completely new fan base out of this one i can definitely see that happening yeah i was gonna ask like how how much of your how much of like your objective opinion is kind of influenced by your disappointment that it's you know different than uh big echo yeah i mean a lot of it is probably influenced by that but yeah i can definitely see that there's a certain quality in these songs that could lead them to become you know popular amongst a completely different crowd i don't know i think i can speak to that because I, I i mean i wasn't like in, in love with big echo so i didn't really have high expectations necessarily for this album and I, and I still couldn't make it all the way through it yeah it's not like uh the big pink right no. not that kind of diving quality well it's, it's no i guess it's not that bad but they didn't the big pink didn't start from as high either I mean, I've seen I've seen a few people on Twitter kind of that like that album. In fact, yeah, I've seen a few people that like it as well. So I don't all, know. Oliver from the four hundred five has been talking a lot about it. I've seen. Yeah, uh, and I think Oliver from We All Want Someone to Shout For is a big fan as well. Or his Master Fan players would suggest that. So, something about this album is like I'm morbidly curious to listen to it just to. It, there's a we there's a weird like misplaced kind of controversies controversies surrounding it which which is yeah weird. It's gonna I'll be interested to see what Pitchfork gives it because they were the ones who kind of broke the whole story about them changing their name and their sound and everything. Like it's like they got the exclusive from them, so I wonder if that means they have to be generous to them in the review. Do you think it would have been smarter for them to change their name without like telling anybody and just release this album and like. Nah, definitely not. Because then they have to start from scratch again. Now that if people know that they're the Morning Benders, at least all the Morning Benders fans are going to check it out. Yeah, that's kind of like the harsh reality of being a hype band or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, that's too bad. Uh, I guess it is too bad. But I, I, yeah, I think they'll find a new audience. They'll, just, they'll, they'll still be successful, I think. What else have you been listening to? And then the good album this week, Tallest Man on Earth, third LP, There's No Leaving Now. 
which sees him expanding upon his sound, adding organ and more electric guitar and, and drums. things like a few drums, yeah. And uh, although the songs might not seem like quite as catchy or as, you know, not as many st standout lines as he's had on previous albums, I still think it's, it's a really fine piece of work and I'm enjoying it a lot. And uh, anyone who is a Tallest Man on Earth fan, I'm sure will thoroughly enjoy it as well. I, I understand the criticisms that, you know, The Wild Hunt is kind of the the stand and deliver kind of album, right? Like, he just has an acoustic guitar in his voice and he's just going. Whereas this, yeah. Where this album's much more arranged and, and careful. And, like, I don't know. I have a problem with, like, I kind of understood. I... I, after I listened to Wild Hunt, which I'm a huge fan of, I think that's an incredible album. Um, for those reasons I just mentioned, that he, his lyrics are his lyrics and his voice are so raw, and he's he's such a good guitar player, and he and he like really puts himself into it. But after I, I heard the Wild Hunt, I thought, you know, it'd be cool if he kind of expanded on his instrumentation a little bit more, and uh, maybe. I didn't. I didn't necessarily want him to like mellow out, but just kind of like, you know, sit like act like he's in it for the long haul a little bit more. And that's a, that's almost exactly what he's done. Uh, yeah. Expanding out and, and writing kind of more complex songs and and I understand people who want the, another Wild Hunt, but like at the same time, like this is this is an amazing album, like on its in its own right. I think. Yeah. I I agree with everything you're saying and i enjoy the album a lot but it, what it feels like to me is it just feels like a very necessary step in his career like like i can see him using this expanded sound and kind of growing into that even more and like making i don't know the the best album that he can make with with this sound because i feel like he did he did that uh with the wild hunt was that's the the, the best album that he could make using those tools and i think that this album, while he's expanded, I think he could maybe go even further with the, the songwriting and stuff like that, with these new tools. Yeah, I'd probably agree with that. I'd like to see him go, like, almost orchestral, you know? That would be really cool. See him with a l less lush instrumentation versus kind of the more Americana, folky stuff that he's doing right now. I, mean, I wanted to do a, I wanted to do a long, like a more of an epic, like his, his, like a Rolling Stone or something like that. Yeah, that I like that idea too. That's the other thing. He's so early in his career, and whether you like this album or not, I think you can, you can see that he still is like kind of going at full speed. Like he's still, like it still feels like he has so much potential left. In yeah, him. and and yeah. still growing at that. Yeah. Like it, I, uh, yeah, carry on. I know it's like, it's almost too kind of uh, on the nose to even say out loud, but it, it, it definitely reminds me of like a Bob Dylan early on arc, you know, kind of yeah. expanding out of the folk into something a little bit more rich and uh, complex. But definitely. I'm probably the, you know, the last person to make that, <laughs> to make that point. I uh, got to see him play last night here in LA. Oh, how was that? It was awesome. He was emotional. It was like, this is such a special day for me. I get to release a new record. I'm playing in LA. It's a sold out show. It was really good. Um, I was surprised he played solo for the whole set. 
because when I saw him at Primavera Sound last summer for a few songs, at least like a third of the set, he had two other people with him, one playing piano and one playing uh, drums. So I thought he would carry on like that, but no, which was cool. Yeah, especially uh, with this with this new material. Yeah, um, he played heavily from the new album. He only played two from The Wild Hunt and three from Shallow Grave. And he played three from that... Uh, Sometimes the blues is just a passing bird EP as well, so obviously it's pretty proud of those songs still, and they sound amazing live too. I think I'm just, I think I'm just a sucker for slide guitar too. <laughs> yeah, like any album yeah. with slide guitar on it, you know, up up that like two full grades for me. I remember you saying that about the Memory House album <laughs> yeah, back when. I love that album, even though I know it's not like the most revolutionary or even great thing, but I love that album. But yeah, there's like a couple of tracks on uh, There's No Leaving Now with Sly Guitar on it. So, What's your favorite track on there, Rob? Probably still 1904, but I also like the title track and uh, also when Rose is Dying Too Young one. And Wind and Walls is amazing. Oh man, so many amazing songs. I don't know. What do you, ha- what do you like? Um, what's the... Uh, I like the piano. Yeah, the title, title track. There's yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's amazing. He had a grand piano last night. And he played that song, and he played the Dreamer on piano as well. I was really hoping he'd play Kids on the Run, but he didn't. It seemed like a waste of having a piano. Yeah, I think that is Kids on the Run. I think is the better piano song. Yeah, probably. Actually, I don't know. I like them both a lot, though. Yeah. Um, it reminds, those songs remind me of uh, what's that Neil Young song? Is it after the gold rush? Yep. That's definitely a piano-based Neil Young song, if that's what you're... (laughs) Yeah, but they, structurally and and lyrically, they remind me of 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 that song, which is a good Mm -hmm. thing, I think. Definitely. That's an amazing track. Um, Is that it? Uh, Yeah, that's it. It's on to you. Oh, man, I've been listening to so goddamn much. Uh, But I'll try to... Slim it down for the podcast. I've been listening to uh, the new Bobby uh, Womack album, um, The Bravest Man in the Universe. I could try to say I'm sorry, but that won't be. Which, uh, speaking of uh, Gil Scott Heron, is, is produced by, uh, um, what's the dude's name? The XL label head. Richard, uh, isn't it Richard something? I forgot. Yeah, and uh, David, uh, David Arbum? Yeah. Damon Albarn. Yeah. Damon Albarn. Yeah. And I think it's pretty incredible. Um, I'm actually, I really like um, early '70s Bobby Womack, uh, communication and understanding, and across 110th Street or couple at least at least the title track on that that last album but those those early 70s albums are really really uh good really really excellent um and he he he's all he's always kind of been on the outside of like the classic soul artists like marvin gay and stevie wonder and uh al green but he but i i've kind of all oh, i've kind of grouped him in with those guys because he definitely kind of treads a similar path and uh Early on, I think he, he did a really good job of mixing like pop and obviously soul and rock and all these different 
uh, influences. And now, I think this is his first studio album in uh, 12 years, almost. Yeah, I think Damon Albarn basically brought him out of retirement to sing on those couple of Gorillaz tracks from Plastic Beach, and then, you know, they hit it off, and now, obviously, he's producing his album, and here we are. It's first album for a long time. Yeah, and it's... And the other thing I should mention is um, he, he's actually had to struggle with uh, cancer. Um, and actually, just before this, this record was released, it was kind of... There's a pre uh, news story saying... You know, he, he, he was cancer-free, so the album kind of is released at this weird time because everything on The Bravest Man Universe is kind of, uh, like the AV Club in their review called it, or uh, in, in a feature they wrote called it a dying album. And it's like very, it's very the album lyrically is very regretful and, and very much looking back on um, his life and talking about, you know, there's, I mean, the, the, the track, the track titles like please forgive my heart uh whatever happened to the times like all the kind of these sort of almost almost predictable i'd almost call them predictable but at the same time the lyrics are so um cutting and and kind of raw that it's hard not to you know be moved by them and i think i think this is this is an album because of the relationship with a couple of these kind of indie guys in xl has been hyped in, in our indie circle, but it, it's an album that's very refreshing in that sense. I think the perspective that it brings, um, especially on these kind of icy, icy electro uh, beats, it's really refreshing to hear kind of an older an older artist um, looking back on his life versus, you know, kids in their 20s. And, and, you know, in an era, I said this on Twitter, but in an era, you know, where confessional essentially means complaining about your sex life, it's really, it's really interesting to hear like actual confessional. And uh, I was talking to who's reviewing that for us. Weston. Yeah, I was, I was talking to Weston, and he said he, he's almost like uncomfortable listening to it. And I actually really love that about it. And I, I, I want more music like that with with really kind of raw and, and sincere lyrics and kind of, you know, it sounds it sounds desperate almost. And I and I really like that in music if that can be captured in music. So. I think it's pretty amazing. Um, you, neither of you guys have listened to it, right? No, no, yeah, definitely gonna listen to it. Yeah, now. after that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think you guys will like. It's better than uh, uh, what's it called? I'm new here. Uh, yeah. I think it's it's much stronger production-wise, and I think, uh, I mean, Bobby Womack is just an excellent singer, and he really hasn't lost it in these years. And I think like his age almost makes his voice all the more kind of emotional and, and raspy and like i said desperate and i also what i really like being kind of a fan of the, of the, his earlier albums is he sort of tackles the same themes but from a from the other side of kind of his life you know like like what it is to be a man what it what it is to kind of love somebody and like these really thoughtful uh takes on on these kind of pop tune uh themes but in, in this sense he's kind of thinking about them and how he's lived his life and uh looked at it from that other side and, and it's it's fascinating to me as a fan but also uh Lionel del rey's on it guys awesome oh, yeah, definitely, I definitely have to check it out now and it's i don't i definitely don't mind her on there um i, I do think it's ironic that she's on a song about you know learning what it is to 
be older, whatever. But because I mean, what people have said about the album she released earlier this year, but um, I think her voice and kind of the what she brings to it is it's fitting if you kind of ignore all the the uh, baggage that she brings to it, which I which I try to do. Um, but yeah, man, I can't say enough about it. I, I love that album. Um, now maybe there's a hopefully there's a Jamie XX remix coming soon, right? That's what I'm, I'm sure there will be. Um, just check that out. Um, I've also been listening to this album that uh, we give a pretty high score to. Uh, I forget who reviewed it, but uh, Exit Music. You guys listen to this? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't awesome. heard it yet, but I've heard good things. Yeah, it really surprised me. Uh, what do you? I'll let you talk for a little bit, Rob. You you listen to it? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <it's>, <laughs> uh, Sorry. Uh, it's yeah, it's a really good album. Um, I don't really know what to say about it. Uh, it I don't know. What would you say about it? <laughs> um, it, I mean, it reminds me a lot of like. <laughs> Beach House, but with like heavier guitars, like. Yeah, I think that's oh, why I like it more than Beach House. I do um, like it more than the the Beach House album for sure. I think okay, so my thing about it is, I, I this isn't an album that's going to be like critically acclaimed or anything. I think it's getting positive reviews, but it's not you know an indie kind of titan at this point or an album that's going to top the 2012 list. But I think I don't remember the vocalist's name. She's actually an actor. Uh, and uh, this band is like a duo with her with her husband, I think. But her vocals are are fucking unbelievable. Like, first of all, she has like a really androgynous voice, kind of like this, you know, smoky, almost lounge singer type thing. But she just totally. I I love when singers totally just like go for it. You know, like there's the chorus of yeah. the the first song, and she's literally just like screaming almost and her voice cr is cracking and it just it's so it's so awesome to hear that and um that album has really stuck with me where i kind of wasn't expecting anything from it and i i really checked it out because of our review um and i'm really happy that i did because it's it's really great and i think it's it's an album that's probably gonna stick with me and I'm, I'm always like happy to go back to it even though it's kind of you know a little a couple weeks behind me in terms of what i'm listening to actively so it's awesome. Colin, you haven't listened to that yet? I have not listened to that one yet. Do it, man. I definitely will. Yeah, I actually... I, oh, sorry, go ahead. I was going to ask, Will, what led you to listen to it? Uh, our review, actually. Uh, who reviewed that for us? Ace. Ace reviewed it. Yeah, I think you gave it an 83. And yeah. I, try, I try to check out everything that we give an 80, even if I know the band and I, and I don't like them. I try to... Um, yeah. Respect our our writers enough to check out what they recommend. So That's cool. and that album was really. It it was an album kind of like the first time I listened to it, I was like, oh yeah, and it kind of stuck with me. You know, when you listen to an album, it doesn't really sink in, but it kind of sticks with you. And yeah. that it really did that, and I went back and more and more, and just it's awesome every time I hear it. So, and it's really I I I'm a sucker for I'm a I'm like a fucking hopeless romantic and it's 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 very kind of the lyrics are very kind of i don't want to say overwrought but very like the last line the album ends on is uh 
what is it? We, we're all sparks of fire, but we hide it or something like that. Um, and I don't know. That to me, it's like, I don't know. I'm a sucker for that type of shit. Sparks of light. We are all sparks of light, and we try to hide it. But um, yeah, check that out. I guess. And then uh, the last thing I've been listening to uh, is this album, uh, Tom, Tom, Thomas, or maybe Tomas uh, Barfod, um, which is kind of a house uh, house record um, on Friends of Friends, a label that. Puts it, put out Shlomo last year, which was one of, one of my favorite releases. Yeah, that was an awesome album. Yeah. And uh, this is also an awesome album. Uh, it's very... I mean, it's a house record, but it, it's very, it has vocalists on every other track, and it does a really good job of balancing um, kind of a more uh, deeper-seated kind of house influence with with almost indie pop. There's like a track with like French horns on it and, and guitar but it, it doesn't really feel like, you know, just like a 4-4 beat with that on it. It feels really arranged like a house album, which I really like. And uh, this song called uh, November Skies, um, featuring a Swedish, Swedish vocalist named uh, Nina Kinhart, is just incredible. It's one of my favorite songs of the year. Um, and it's, it's almost like a John Talibut a little bit, but a little bit more uh, kind of... Uh, I don't know if you can say more tropical than John Talbot, but it's it's definitely sunnier. Sounds um, interesting for sure. Yeah, I it's an album I hope a lot I hope people check out um, because it's it's pretty excellent and deserves being heard. That's what I've been listening to. Do I actually just, I just thought of one more thing that I know you've listened to as well, Will. Oh yeah. Um, it came out a while ago. I think like maybe like March or April, but the Hundred Waters album that came out. Oh yeah. Which is a really awesome record, and I have this special connection to it, being um, that I'm back in Florida now from New York, and All right. Florida has this horrible music scene from from everything that I remember about it. And then I come back, and one of the things that I'm listening to the most is this band from Gainesville, Florida, which is this college town, and uh, it's this Hundred Waters album, and it's kind of like. These really pretty, um, I would say like with uh, like electric guitar songs with like electronic flourishes. And it reminds me um, some of like like a mellowed out Saint Vincent, maybe. Yeah, a little bit. It's kind of it has like this weird, almost folky undertone to it. Mm -hmm. Like I I I've only listened to it a couple times, so I can't. R rightly remember everything but it's a little bit like the drums are a little bit like braids almost if i remember correctly yeah yeah I, the braids is a very good comparison i'd say yeah it's it's kind of less less crazy than braids but but right. the same same like moods i'd say for sure but it's a little it's a little sporadic and like in a good way it's a little sporadic and all over the place like they're really good musicians and um, and arranger and arrangers or songwriters or whatever and they, ha they have several singers who are all very talented and like harmonizing with each other and stuff like that it's just a really awesome album from like a place that i'm familiar with that i would have never imagined anything good coming out of <laughs> there's just there's there's this i guess this kind of more underground music scene in florida that i just was never really aware of that i'm kind of tapping into now that i'm back i guess i'm seeing i'm seeing hundred waters tomorrow and they're um 
they're playing with this producer that's gotten a lot of attention called XXYYXX. Oh yeah, I know him. He's a he's cool. a sixteen year old from Florida, and so I'm. Seeing, oh wait, like, maybe I'm thinking of uh, XXYY. X-X-X-X-Y, yeah. Oh yeah, but well, XXYYXX has um. What the hell? Yeah, it's similar names, I guess. Uh, but he's gotten attention from like Needle Drop and stuff like that too. But uh, he's really cool. I, um, I'm definitely excited for that show because it's these two local bands that are really awesome. <laughs> I yeah, don't know. Florida's weird because no one tours there, right? Is that true? Yeah, because um, it's like really it, out of the way. Yeah, because I mean, you figure you it's since it's like the the farthest south you can go. Every driver that you would have to do is like double to to get back out of the state so everybody pretty much just stops in atlanta and that's as far south as they go that that's very unfortunate yeah that being said i'm seeing some cool shows this summer i saw man man last night which was an awesome show um oh nice i haven't seen them since the rabbit habits oh they they were they're they're exciting (laughs) I, i saw them a long time ago and they were they were awesome last night as well um then Dirty Projectors is coming later this summer, but oh, and and Los Campesinos. But other than that, those are like the three shows I have over the next three months. <laughs> Quite a contrast to being in New York. Yeah, just like I could have gone to a show every night if I wanted to. What What's the dance music scene like down there? Is it all just dubstep? <laughs> I mean, yeah, uh, essentially. Uh, oh, that's okay. I in my in Miami, uh, which is very very far from where I live. Um, there's, I would guess, more of like a Spanish influence stuff. You got like reggaeton kind of stuff, um, right. and, then, and then also Miami is like the hub of dubstep in Florida because that's where Ultra Music Festival is, which is that huge like EDM festival. Yeah, Miami doesn't seem like a place I would. It it's not a place that really I don't I don't really understand why anybody goes there actually. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I was just. I didn't want to say anything controversial, but Miami no, kind of seems like it sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, Will, haven't you also been listening to the Hot Chip album? Oh, yeah. Shit. I have been listening to Hot Chip. Who, who else has been listening to Hot Chip? Hell yeah, I have, that's amazing. I have listened to it once, and I plan on listening to it a lot more, but I I haven't spent a lot of time with it yet, but you guys talk about it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's really, really, really good. Um, I think it might know. be my favorite Hot Chip album. Yeah, it might be mine, cool too. I, I really like The Warning, and that's kind of their uh, premiere album that everyone... It's like their benchmark, but... Yeah. I don't know. Like this, this album is from start to finish just so. It's got a, it's got a good mix of stuff, from like the cheesy pop stuff to the more, much more dancey stuff. Some great, some really great production and, and stuff. And it all sounds, it all fits together so well too. Yeah. I, I'd say it's probably a, a continuation of One Life Stand. So it's yeah. definitely the most like that, which makes sense because that was their last album. But um. Yeah, I, I don't know. It's like a lot of people, a lot of the criticisms I've heard are that it's it's just more of the same or it's uh, it kind of just doesn't offer any more than Hot Trip has already done. And and I kind of I kind of agree with that, but I, I also think it's like refinement and and they've tweaked some cool things here and there. And like uh, like there, of course, I love it. There's slide guitar on flutes. 
um, which is amazing. But, but it's weird, like, a lot... I feel like they bounce around all these really cool influences, like disco and electro and synth-pop and uh, house and all these, all these things that they, they understand more than your kind of everyday synth-pop band in, in 2012. And they... I don't know, their vocal hooks as always are just really catchy and, and like they just get in your head. They're very earwormy, I guess. They get in your head and are really good and really great. And like I don't know, it's just it's really it's a really solid hot chip album. Like it's very much what I what I kinda have come to expect from Hot Chip. So it's not breaking any mold, but it's it's phenomenal in, in that sense, I think. Yeah. I mean hot chip albums have always been like really fun while at the same time being really intelligent and I think exactly. on this one this one uh, there's an argument to say they've kind of toned down the fun a little bit and gone a little bit more serious on tracks like Flutes and these chains and stuff but like it's so good I mean like, I think I think One uh, or uh, One Life Stand was very like they, they kind of were a little bit more sincere and, and serious on, on tracks like Brothers and, and stuff like that um, yeah. But it, but it was never like over overwrought or, or, or pretentious or anything. It was, it was very much still kind of it's they were sincere in a very kind of um, you know free free kind of freewheeling way, nothing too heavy or anything. So and I think that that remains the same on tracks like flutes and uh, let me be him, which are both you know above like beyond seven minutes long and kind of. That, that's what yeah exactly those are the kind of songs that i thought they were doing some really interesting things like uh flutes is almost like a, a cut copy song or something like that like a little bit yeah. more kind of upward uh facing which i really like and some really really cool arrangement choices i think i think yeah you summed it up really well as, uh they're really fun while being really they're really intelligent in how they write their songs so yeah fucking great album Review up soon, I think. Who's writing that for us? I think Harrison. Catch it. I think that's going to do it for us. Uh, this has been the BPM cast, uh, where we meet all your music uh, news needs and deliver all your, your much-needed opinions. Uh, say goodbye, everybody. Bye. Bye. Uh...